and welcome to episode 17 of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. My name is Matt Harmon. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but uh, I am. Uh, I am joined, as always, with the most beautiful face in the fantasy industry, covered by the best beard in the fantasy industry. Wow. It's Matt Franchise. What's up, dude? Wow, that's very nice of you to say. Oh, you know, I'm doing good. You always come at me about like throwing you under the bus or whatever, or well, you being do. the punching bag. You do. I oh, am. give me a break. Uh, what, do, what do you want to do? Uh, Don't be so sensitive, bro. You know. So I what are you do. trying to butter me up with some compliments now? No, I'm just trying to tell so, you how I really feel about you. So that I like write you into my will or something. Do you have anything worth writing me into your will for? No. I mean, I got some wedding invites to hand out. <laughs> I don't have any use for those. <laughs> <laughs> what do I need wedding invites for? I'm not getting married. To come to my wedding. Oh. Well, yeah. I want to come to your wedding. Yeah. You know, provided we have I'm saying it's hinging on, uh, you know. Oh, so you're saying shape up or I'm getting left out. I'm threatening you right now. Oh, wow. I'm trying to bribe you. Clearly. I think. Uh... You're not doing. I don't know. This is this is uh, this is weird, but you know. We went off the rails. Let's here. hope. Let's hope this podcast relationship is still going well by the time you're getting married. Uh, yeah. It, let's know, hope. You know, with this tension that's clearly building on your end, you know, who knows? This this might explode by then, and I definitely won't be at your wedding. Weird. Mm. Weird. All right. Well, the future. You know, it's not weird. What? What's Being stylish. Not? Oh, definitely not weird. Looking good. As yeah. I mentioned, you, very handsome over there. Thank and you. a big reason why, besides your natural beauty, is that you use Duchamp's grooming products. Is that correct? I definitely do. Because you're a modern day man. And uh, I like handmade, vintage-inspired grooming products. Yeah, so, so it's a fit because Duchamp's Grooming is vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern day man. Exactly. So go to duchampsgrooming.co. Co. Hit the shop, put some stuff in the cart, some hair wax maybe, maybe some beard oil, who knows, whatever you got going on. Mm, and then And then, you know, there's a promo code so you can get some 15% off. Yeah, you type in hipsters pod, all one word, you get 15% off your order. Uh, you'll look better, you'll feel better, you'll be better. Dude, it smells good too. It does smell good. I mean, we smell, we smell incredible right now. We do, collectively. Mm, weird. Of this is weird. This is getting way weird. The products smell good. Yeah, the products smell good. They're right here. Mm. It smells good. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, well, of course, make sure to check out our sponsors, but we've got a packed mail satchel episode here, so let's get right into it. And a lot of questions. I'm actually switching things up this week. Normally, we start off with the email questions, which is fantasyhipsters at gmail.com. Correct. We're opening up the satchel letters sent to the Twitter at fantasyhipsters, because the first question right off the bat I want to get into is one that's being tweeted to us both separately and to the show's handle quite a bit. Uh, this comes in from J Smith at J422Smith. Love the easy pronounced name. He said, are you guys getting behind the male romper this summer? And Twitter is just a buzz about the romper thing. I mean, well, the last listen, two days. Listen, I saw this question come through less than 24, 24 hours ago. And then this morning on Twitter... Uh, I, I, I can't look at my timeline without 50% of the tweets I'm looking at be about rompers. What's going on? I muted the word rompers on my on my account because I'm I don't want to deal with this. So everybody's talking about this stupid romper thing. It needs to go away. So, I hate it. No, I'm not getting behind it. I've muted it. No, I'm not wearing a romper. If you don't know what a romper is, it's a it's a piece of women's fashion traditionally. Um but it's essentially like almost a one like a one piece basically like right. it's shorts and like a 
short sleeve button up t shirt essentially combined, connected in the same color. Right. So here's the deal. I'm not as anti-romper, and I have not made a statement about this on Twitter. I've saved it for the podcast. I've ignored all, all tweets to me about it. What? I'm just saying. Whatever. So I, I've saved it for the podcast. I'm a showman. This is I want the podcast to you know, have a little suspense, so here we go. Sure. Uh, I think Cam Newton looked damn good in his romper at Coachella, and I think that's kind of where this all started. He did wear a romper that it, looked like grandma's curtains. Yes, apparently he's got a hell of a sense of fashion. Floral romper. Yeah, but uh, and you know, he's an interesting fellow. But is he the one who started all this? I think he might be part of is it, he or he's ahead of the trends, basically. So yeah. now, now this is apparently it's going to be the next big thing. You know, in menswear, it's going to be a thing of the summer. Um, well, just because Cam Newton looked good in it doesn't mean you and me will. Right. I don't know if I could pull it <laughs> off, but no. I'm a little. I'm. I'm not completely closing the door on it. I'll I, say that I've thrown it into the fire and watched it burn to ashes. I don't know. My 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 stance is open. I'm we open are, to it. The fantasy hipsters are split down the middle on the romper. Right. I am not, and I'm not saying I'm pro romper. I'm not saying I'm anti romper. I'm just. I'm leaving the door open. I'll well, just leave I, it at that. How how many how many days or weeks or months until one of our friends in the fantasy football community posts a photo of themselves on Twitter in one of these stupid men's rompers? Oh, I don't think anybody's going to do it. Not none of those weenies. Sixty are days. None of those weenies are daring enough to do it. Hmm. They're all too conservative in their super too baggy shirts and their crappy cargo shorts. Hear that? You're all conservative weenies. Nerds. All right, moving on to the next question. <laughs> this comes in from Christy at SMGDH. She hmm. tweeted, uh, mostly to me, I guess, would your life goals be fulfilled if you ate Brussels sprouts in Brussels, the uh, the, the region in the UK? Good question. It's a good question. Um, I would say it's definitely a big item to check off the bucket list. I'd love to see somebody from Brussels prepare some sprouts and be able to compare some notes. There's a difference between life goals and bucket list. Sure. Yeah, maybe maybe not so much a life goal, but a bucket list item. Uh, or makes least, sense. I could see that. At least it would be make for a funny story. Next question comes in from Joel Sturges, at Joel underscore Sturges. Uh, fellas, I've recently been mixing mustard and sriracha as a dipping sauce. Am I the worst? I don't think you're the worst, dude. I, I, I like both of them. I've never combined them myself. I don't like like the traditional just straight up yellow mustard. I think that stuff sucks. But like a good spicy spicy brown mustard, um, a gray poupon, a Dijon, a Dijon, those are good. Uh, and if you combined maybe like a Dijon with a with a little bit of sriracha, I could see how that would be good. What about Dijon and sriracha on a Brussels sprout? Yeah, you're trying a little too hard. I think that would be good, dude. I might try that. All right, well, try and tweet it and see what the results are. Okay. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. But no, I don't think you're the worst. This one comes in from at DPFootball1. Do you think Ty Montgomery is a high-end RB2 in PPR, say running back 18 or higher or below that? Well, we just talked about this on the flagship episode, right? And I said said top 15 running back in PPR. So, And I am definitely in agreement with that. Okay, so there you go. Top 15. This one comes in from at Jacob O underscore Moses. Ooh, Moses. Uh, thoughts on Carlos Henderson in Denver. Is it a good fit? That's all you, buddy. <laughs> I love this fit, actually, and I don't think people are talking about it enough. They took Carlos Henderson in the third round. He was a reception-perception favorite. Awesome after the catch. Showed some good separation ability. Um, he is definitely in the mold of a, a Manny Sanders type of player who is another guy that's just awesome in reception-perception. And the Broncos really have no one at the number three position. They've tied, trotted out guys like, you know, 
Oh, jeez. Jamar. Jordan Taylor. Some guy named Cole. Oh, no, Jordan Norwood. That's it. Some yeah. guy, Taylor. I can't remember. Who is that guy? He wore 87. Is that the guy who you're talking Bootleg about? Bootleg Eric kept, Decker. Kept thinking he was Eric yeah. Decker all year yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Forget his name. That's bad. I can't remember either. But uh, No, I mean, hey, I can't remember either. But that's because the point. They, they don't really have a number three receiver. Their third leading receiver last year was run, second string running back Devontae Booker. Oh, God, that's gross. Yeah, so there's a ton of opportunity there in uh, the Denver Broncos passing game. I yeah. think people just aren't going to be in on it because of the quarterback situation. But I love the fit for Carlos Henderson. Definitely, definitely in on that. Cool. Next question, two part, two questions here from Thaddeus Stewart, and the first one's a two parter. So he really, really, really gamed the system here. Uh, he asks us, "Hey guys, when did you a know? When did you know you a loved football and b thought you could make a career out of it? Uh, why don't you go first? When did you first know you loved football? Well, uh, when I started getting into fantasy football mm-hmm. is when I started loving football. Uh, so probably." What year is it? Probably like what years seven or eight, seven or eight, seven or eight years ago is when I really started. Uh, I always played fantasy baseball, but I just got into fantasy football maybe around 2010 or so, uh, and it hooked me. And then I couldn't stop watching games on Sunday, and my girlfriend would get mad because I wouldn't do anything. And then I turned it into a job after you know some hard work and some elbow grease, and you know had a day job, would come home at night and write for other websites, and I didn't. It was a hope and a dream to turn it into a job, but it ended up working out, so I consider myself pretty fortunate. Yeah, uh, for me, I knew I loved football like when I kind of started playing Madden, actually, which I think it's funny. I think a lot of football fans will, in like a new generation, will say that they've got, they got hooked on football through fantasy or, or playing right. Madden or something growing up. And yeah, like making those like, you know, fantasy teams on Madden, like doing the the drafts, those were so much fun back in the day. Like making teams. I remember my the first Madden I really got into was Madden, I think, two thousand eight with Vince Young on the cover when he was just like a total boss in that game. And that was the year Randy Moss was awesome with the Patriots. So I would draft teams with those two all the time and have the most fun. Two thousand eight is when you got into Madden? Yeah. I was playing like Madden ninety eight on my PC. Yeah, I, I was not a big like <laughs> Madden guy until yeah. that one. So I I was playing Madden way before fantasy football though, so good to bring that up because I you know huge part of my summers as a kid when Madden would come out in August. Yeah, I think that was when I first knew I loved football and when I knew I I mean thought I could make a career out of it, I started trying in like 2013. If you go back and listen to my other podcast Backyard Banter, which Correct. I have not done a new episode for in forever. Um I don't even know when I'm going to get back to doing that. Um episode 43 was my episode. You can listen to that and uh, find out a little bit more um about that story. So that's nice. worth, worth your time. Cross plug. Um, and then he also asks us, guys, aside from Harmon in Montreal last week, where in Canada have you been? Yes, I'm a Canadian listener. Have you ever been to Canada before? One time, and it was Niagara Falls. And that's it. Nice. For well, one night. My only time was Montreal last week. So there we go. Inexperienced <laughs> Canada, guys, but definitely looking to go back uh, after enjoying it this past week. Yeah. Um, all right. Now moving over to the email questions again. Remember, you can email the show fantasyhipsters at gmail.com. Sean Dodd asks us, hello, lads from Griffith, Australia. Just wondering your thoughts on Winston, that being Jameis Winston, as to where you think he should be drafted since acquiring weapons such as Deshaun Jackson and O.J. Howard. He struggled with fantasy consistency last year, and I hate overdrafting based on hype. Uh, Love the show. Cheers, Dottie. What do you think about Jameis Winston this year? I think he's got a potential to be a top 10 guy. It's just... 
ah, there's so many other names that you're going to take ahead of him, you know? I feel like everyone's really high on Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a consensus top 10 guy right now. I feel like I would definitely want Winston before I take Dak Prescott. Really? In a fantasy league. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, drafters are currently taking Jameis Winston uh, as QB12 per fantasy football calculator Correct. in the eighth round. That's a little too rich for my blood. Um, I just don't know if I see him having the ceiling to ascend into the top five quarterbacks. And if I'm going to take a quarterback in the single-digit rounds, I kind of need to have the ability to convince myself that that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, Dak Prescott's going off the board just for context. QB eight in round seven. Um, yeah, not really interested in either one of those guys at that price. Quarterback is so replaceable. Uh, plenty of guys go undrafted that will be relevant all year long. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Winston has enough value over replacement. Basically, essentially, because I, I think that he, they're still going to want to be a conservative-type offense. Um, and these weapons certainly will help. Uh, but he also, as uh, Dodd mentions, he does need to improve a bit as a player as well. Agree. Had some inconsistencies last year. I think the new weapons there will help him out. They also didn't have much of a run game last year due to injury, so they've kind of put more on his plate, and all he had was Mike Evans. So There we go. Well, uh, one of our favorite listeners, Ernesto, emails us, uh, Hey, Franchise and Hipster Harmon. Uh, he's got a lot of questions. Okay. <laughs> franchise. Harmon has his famous reception perception for the wide receiver. Thanks, bro. Uh, that he analyzes with route trees. Do you have something similar for your running back hot takes, and how do you evaluate the running backs? Please don't tell us that you just use Jame Coast 40 times as a major indicator, because everyone could run straight. Uh, even Harmon could beat Coe in the 40. <laughs> Duh. Wow. That's not even a question, and I don't think James would disagree. I feel like we did 40 rankings last year on the NFL Fantasy Live, and I came in, I was last for some reason. Well, you got little legs. Short. I can cover a lot more ground than you just simply based off the fact my legs are longer. Wow, that's slander. I'm just saying. But yeah, we, anyway, we should do some. We should do a We uh, should actually we should do, do it. A race. Yeah, yeah, we, we should, should actually do, do it. That would be fun. They set up the 40 there when the combine's going on. I like it. Yeah, we'll have, maybe we'll have to do that next year. Anyway, no, I do not have a methodology to evaluate running backs in the way that Harmon does for his wide receivers. There are other guys out there who do, though. Uh, Graham Barfield has yards created. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what Joe Holka. Joe Holka's rushing expectation. Called. There you go. So those are two guys: Joe Joe Holka from Four for Four and Graham Barfield, who works for Fantasy Guru. They both have methodologies where they break down all kinds of different advanced metrics for running backs. I just see see. I like to watch games and watch tape and all that stuff, but I don't I don't chart anything like that. So the answer is no. Got it. Sorry. Uh, Okay, and then he asks a question for both of us. This weekend in Sacramento begins the tour of California. If the fantasy stronghold, also including Dad, that being Damashek, Michael Fabiano, and Adam Rank uh, had a cycling race starting from the Virginia building on Wilshire Boulevard to finish at the top of the subalbative pass of the 405, who would take first, second, third, and last in this race? Uh, I would go Rank gets first. Sheck gets. Sheck. Well, so this also I see it also includes the stronghold, which I'm assuming is the oh. podcast crew. So me, you, oh my Marcus Gelhart, too many Co. people to figure out. Okay, so well, it's me, you, Marcus Gelhart, Co. Rank, Fabs, and Damashek. Who do you think finishes first, second, third, and last? I think Gelhart is first. I would agree with that. Uh, I think maybe Rank is second. I think last is. It's either Fabs or Sheck. 
Now, it might be Ko, too. Ko's not like an athlete or anything. Let's just throw Shaq under the bus. Yeah, I'm going to say Shaq is Shaq's last. Shaq's last. Shaq is last. Uh, he's not finishing. Uh, he's going to finish last in that race. Um, we threw him under the bus, and he got hit by a bus during the race. So Right, there you go. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> uh, I think Fabs would be second to last. No, I think... Yeah, I think Fabs is second to last, uh, and Co is third to last. So that means, so you, me, or Marcus would be third. That's our uh, I'm not even saying, like, for sure that I'm losing to rank in this race. We I'm, have rank at second? You have rank at second. Oh. I'm disputing that. I'm, I'm giving second to me. Okay. I've been crushing legs this offseason, bro. Well, there you go. I'm getting second. So who's third? You saying rank? Marcus, I think, I think Marcus, Marcus rides a bike. I think Marcus is underrated as a bike rider. He does ride a bike. There I, you I've go. I've seen Tim ride. I him. think we got to get him in this top three somewhere. All right, cool. So me, or Gelhar, me, Marcus at third. Why are you shaking your head at me? You're not going to be second, bro. Out of all these people, <gasps> I'll beat you. No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. You yeah, will well, not beat me in, a, in, a, in this race. Fine. I don't even know how far this race is. Far enough for you to lose to me. Uh, this is this is a lot of hyper competitiveness here on the podcast. Uh, um, but all right, but at least we're a consensus <laughs> on who's going to finish in the bottom three. Yeah, yeah. Co. No, Fabs, not and me. No, no. Co. Da- Co. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fabs and Damashek. Yeah, the, that's yeah, the yeah, bottom. Yeah. That's three. that's the consensus for sure. Sorry, dads. He says, "Keep it hip and fresh." Ernesto, uh, Ernesto always, from Panama. Always with good questions. Uh, next one comes in from uh, Kayo. I think. Uh, Probably butchering your name for sure. Definitely not even going to try to pronounce your last name, but I think he's from Brazil. Uh, he actually sent us a really long email um, essentially saying that he believes he started uh, the beef between Fabiano and I that what? led. To, it's crazy. I was reading and I was like, wow, this is really in depth. But he essentially said that he believes a tweet between that uh, where he responded, he said, like, I'm still with, uh, I'm still with Fabiano. I'm going to be drafting running backs early last year. And I'll be listening to him over Harmon. And I replied with, everyone makes mistakes, obviously joking. Right. He believes that started the bit that led to the infamous section on DDFP. Right. Where uh, Fabs <laughs> yelled Behind at, the glass. Yeah, was yelling and waving his arms behind the glass as we debated the zero RB thing. And it did lead to a great drop that's still on the Damashek pod where uh, Henry Hodgson says, he doesn't respect you. <laughs> 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 so it all worked out for the best. And so he essentially sent this long email, like offering peace, offering to broker a peace. And I just want to say, no peace, no, no, necess- no, no, not necessary. There's yeah. no beef about running backs or wide receivers. It's all for entertainment sakes, people. There's no hard feelings. Uh, so no need, Kyle, for your, your, uh, for your, for your, for your peace offering. It's all good, man. <laughs> we just appreciate you following along and uh, joining in the madness. And there's no personal. Uh, beef between Fabs and I because he likes to draft running backs early and I like to draft wide receivers early. That's there's, all. <laughs> there's more important things in life to beef about. That's awesome. Uh, he says, anyway, so he does have a fantasy question. Okay. Uh, he's been mocking a lot lately and he's, I play in 12 men leagues, standard scoring to which we go to lottery for draft positions and the winner gets to choose his draft spot. Mm-hmm. I've been finding that I enjoy far more of my teams that are drafted when I am below the ninth position than those who want to draft in the top five. I say top five because I don't really draft Julio Jones because hurts way too often for me. He's too inconsistent to justify that high pick. And the five to ninth spot is where I call the void in which no matter who I draft, I'll feel like I'm overpaying and I don't get to go to the the turn, which means I lose those early second rounds. What are your thoughts? Uh, We kind of talked about this in our mock draft where I said like the towards the back end of the first round of me, it gets pretty ugly. 
Yeah, you're kind of, it's a lot of question marks, really. Uh, you know, LaShawn McCoy's going at number seven. He's not the most durable guy. Can he hold up an entire, another season there in Buffalo? Like he mentioned, Julio Jones is in, inconsistent. Mike Evans might take a step back because there's more mouths to feed in Tampa Bay. Uh, Melvin Gordon's going at nine. He's probably pretty solid as, as a first-round pick, but, you know, that's up for debate. You got A.J. Green at 10, Jordan Howard at 11, and Devonta Freeman at 12. These are all from Fantasy Football Calculator ADPs. So you're kind of just uh, going with a guy you like at that point because they're all kind of the same question mark status in terms of how they're going to produce, what they're going to contribute to your fantasy team. So how do you like to build your roster? Running back, wide receiver. I dropped my ring. I can't find it. Uh, let's find it. Eh, we'll find it later. Anyways, about the I was question, having a good uh, conversation with myself there. Yeah, you were. You were doing a good job as I was looking around for this thing. But anyways, uh, yeah, I, I kinda, I'm kind of with him that I like to pick around the turn. Uh, like I said, options kind of dry up quick a little bit for first-round picks. But then when you get there, you can take Michael Thomas in the second round. Um, you know, I like the idea of getting you know, an A.J. Green type of player the you know maybe a DeMarco Murray Melvin Gordon type of running back and then doubling back with a Mel I mean a, a, you know one of those running backs or a Michael Thomas uh, I kind of dig that start more than necessarily sure. banking on a top pick so I get where he's coming from I like the back end I like just sniping two of the best guys on the board but then the disadvantage is you have to wait like 20 picks right so yeah. you might have to reach if you really want a guy but it's always fun to be like doo, doo, and get those two guys and just the rest of your league is like Damn it. Yeah, no question. Uh, next question comes in from Cody Owens, uh, who is, as he mentions, uh, he says he loves the Champs package. Everything in it is awesome, especially the beard oil. He was the one who won our Champs giveaway. We need to do another one of those. Maybe we'll do that next week. Cool. Um, he asks, how does one get involved in a fantasy league with you guys? Thanks, Cody, a.k.a. Pork Ford Rice. Well, last year we did the beard league through the NFL media. I feel like we got to do a hipsters league this year. It's just a matter of us getting our crap together and figuring out how we're going to do that. We will. F- Let's just put it this way. We will figure it out one way or another, whether it's through the NFL Fantasy Live podcast or through this podcast. Who knows? Um, we will do another listener league, and that will be the way to do it. It's just a little early yet for that. Right. Also, we, I think we'll eventually you and I will both be more interested in doing some MFL 10s and Correct. we will tweet those links out. So if you're following us on Twitter, that's the best way to find those when and if we do decide to get involved in some MFL 10s, that would be fun. Good call. Next question comes in from Kevin Jorgensen. Uh, hey, hipsters. Love the podcast. It's the only place I can listen to people talk about the best things in life, that being music, beer, and of course, football. I mean, I agree. What a great trio of things. It is. If I have a criticism... It's that I do think you are horribly underrating Midwestern beer. I blame Alex Gelhar for this because he should have you both woke to Milwaukee, Milwaukee craft beers, including Spotted Cow. Uh, and I will say, I feel like Gelhar's brought Gelhar that. has brought Spotted Cow, and it's good. I've I've had it here, so that is one maybe to highlight. That's a, that's a good mention. Um, he also mentions East Side Dark from the Lake Fort Brewing Company. Um, both are known to be some of the best beers on the coast. People that people have, on the coast have never heard of. Uh, hey, if you want us to hear of some beers, s- email us. Send us beers. We will test them and sample them on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he also mentions both. Or, excuse me. He also mentions otherwise been loving your music and beer choices thus far. On to my question: The 2007 draft class was probably the greatest, one of the greatest draft classes in recent years. Recently, three of my friends and I, two are Vikings fans, one's a Packer fan, and I'm a Rams fan, sorry, got into a debate <laughs> over who was the best player to come out of that prestigious class. 
Packer fan and I both say Joe Thomas. The two Vikings fans say Adrian Peterson. We're not a surprise there. I was just curious if the hipsters could agree on one guy in this class who has proven they are worthy of being the greatest in the group. Thanks, hipsters. Well, I think, uh, you know, the number one overall pick, Jamarcus Russell, is in contention. <laughs> well, Calvin Johnson went right after him. What about Brady Quinn? He's got to be up there. Come on. Quit with the quarterbacks. What about Brady Quinn, though? I, what are your takes on Brady Quinn? I don't have any takes on Brady Quinn. Okay. It's trash. Uh, you know, I, I agree. Wins that, of the Browns. Give him a break. Yeah, very fair. Very, very fair. Uh, I think you're right to mention Calvin Johnson off the top as a player who probably does deserve to be in this conversation. For sure. Patrick Willis retired, you know, so early. Um he but also was like an awesome player at his time. Marshawn Lynch is in this draft class. Ted Dinn Along- was drafted ahead of Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, ugh, that, that Dolphins pick ninth overall. Ooh. Darrell Revis at 11th overall. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, all-pro guy. Yeah. Um, you know, you're right. This is a really loaded draft class. There's also, you know, several down the line. Greg Olson, Paul Puzlozny, Zach, or, uh, Eric Weddle, yeah. John Beeson, Dwayne Bowe, players that, went, that had really good careers. Um, of course, I think if we're talking about best in the class, obviously I think it does come down to, in my opinion, Revis, Peterson, Johnson, Joe Thomas. So out of those four, who has had the best NFL career so far? I think it's got to be Adrian Peterson for me. I'm a running back guy, so I might be a little biased in that sense. But, I mean, dude's, dude's a legend. I think it's pretty hard to argue Joe Thomas. Uh, he's been awesome every year. He's been a rock on a bad team. He's been he's still an incredible, one of the best, if not the best left tackle in the NFL. Although I will say, at, at their peak, Nobody played the cornerback position better than Darrell Revis, so he definitely deserves to be in this conversation as well. Has an own, his own island. Very true. Uh, so the hipsters he, don't agree, then? We do not agree. Um, although I would say I'm on your side as Joe Thomas over Adrian Peterson. Mm. So Cool. Uh, next question comes in from Jake Perini, I'm assuming, or Perani. Periani. Periani. That's it. There you go. I got a, I'm Italian. I got this. That's true. Matt, you are? Yeah, I'm mostly Italian. Okay. Franciscovich, is that an Italian that's name? That's not an Italian name. Well, see, that's what's confusing. Here. I know. I, I get that my whole life. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to bring up bad memories. Uh, Matt, I was running a couple early 12-team mocks just to feel out my own rankings a bit. Somebody was super offended by me taking Crowell in round two. Short and sweet version of the question, does he have round two upside this year? Follow-up, any convincing arguments for Gurley? Can't buy him in round two since the offense hasn't seemed to change. As always, appreciate the takes. Uh, on Gurley, no. I can't make it a convincing argument for him in round two. Forget about it. No thanks. No. He's going to probably go like round four, I feel like. He should, but I bet he goes early than that because he's talented. Yeah. Which doesn't matter, as we saw last year. Um, what about Crowell in round two? That's aggressive, but how do you feel about that? It's very aggressive. I don't think he's deserving of round two. But if you believe in a guy, I mean, you go get your guy. Uh, his ADP on uh, Fantasy Football Calculator 12 team right now is third round. He's going 306 on average. Yeah. I mean, so I, he's up there already. I don't hate the pick, and it won't be surprising to me if he finishes in the top 15 running backs rather easily. But I, I do question whether he has like RB1 upside only because his team is bad. And he will yeah. could often get bumped out of game scripts. But they, have, right. they did make improvements to the offensive line, and he is definitely a good player. And he had a career year last year on a terrible team that won a, one single game. They won one game. And he still had almost 1,000 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns. I love Crowell. Probably not as as a second-round running back, though. 
Word. Next Word. question comes in from Chad Gaver, dearest Matthias and Sir Franciscovich, Sir Franciscovich Drake. That's I like that. That was well done. Yeah. I'm writing for a glimmer of hope. My classical Spanish guitar lute instructor was recently involved in a fruit avalanche at our local Whole Foods, and my housemate stole my spyglass and absconded with my service falcon to South America. Er, to South America. It's a tragic story. There is really obscure. There is a really obscure country there you've totally never heard of. Uh, is there any hope for my Niners to have any real fantasy value this year? Peace and organic chicken grease. Love the pod. All right. That's first, an incredibly first, hipster answer. First of all, this might be the best email anyone's ever sent us. This is just peace and organic chicken grease. I think this is Chad who tweets me all the time, and during the season, I actually followed him back because I wanted to get, make sure I got all of his tweets because he would always ask me fantasy questions uh, in very hipster formats, and so I, I dig it. I love it. Uh, so this I, is I amazing. He's, he's very good at this. Um, in terms of the Niners, any yes. real fantasy value this year? I think Pierre Garçon is going to be. It. A sleeper. Yeah, I think everybody has that take right now, and yeah. I agree with it. I mean, he the target volume should be there. He had a great, really quietly, really strong year last year with Washington. Yeah. So I think you can expect to see that again. Yeah. Um, yeah, Other I, I like that. that. But I'm not drafting Carlos Hyde at his current price. We talked about it last week in our or in our last episode, the flagship show, um, about the in terms of the depth chart there. A lot of negative buzz about what the 49ers even feel about Carlos Hyde, so you can count me out on that. Um, other than that, I, maybe some deep sleeper guys, Brian Hoyer in a two-quarterback league. Um, yeah. There you go. I feel like the Niners are going to have like some of these guys who are always going to, like every week is going to be like that one waiver wire guy who has the good matchup or whatever. But Marcus Goodwin could have some explosive games. Yeah, yeah right, he's fast. right, right, right. So, yeah, but not a lot of predictability there. Correct. Uh, Eric, this next question comes from Eric Kirstein, uh, hey hipsters, so glad you guys started your own podcast. Love listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast, but you guys always had the best takes. Thanks, bro. Booyah. I loved listening to every episode that's been put out, and I hope the podcast continues to go strong. For my question, I'd like to, I'd like to ask you both a fantasy question, franchise and music question, and Harmon of Beer question if you have time. We've got time, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> fantasy, have you, have you ever been in a weekly matchup league and been the second higher score of the week only to lose... Only to lose because you're facing the number one guy of the week. What would your thoughts be on a league? My friends and I are trying to start where the winners of each week could be the top scoring half of the league. I think you, I think you better show your skill because you have to get the most points you can every week, not just enough to beat your opponent. The winners of each week would be the top scoring half of the week. So I think there are some uh, different rules and leagues that I've experienced where the the team with the most points scored at the end of the year gets some kind of award for that. There's ways to balance this out too. Um, by doing that too, like if you're if you're one of those high scorers every every week, but you're not winning your head-to-head matchups, um, it still kind of keeps you in the game for the entire season. If you want to get that total point scored at the end of the season and get whatever the award is for that, um, the winners of each week would be the top scoring half of the league. Yeah, so essentially it's just like how do you weight it's just total points, points for? Right. Uh, and this sounds a lot better actually. Uh, like It sounds a lot like Apex Fantasy. I don't know if okay. you've ever played in one yeah, of those, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I did a, a writer's draft 
last year for them and was, was in the league. And they find a way to wait total points scored and your week-to-week head-to-head matchups. So Interesting. That's a fun format. You can go to apexfantasyleagues.com. It's a free shout-out there for them uh, if you want to check out that format. It was a fun one to play on my team. Sucked last year, but it's a fun one to play yeah. on. I just think doing this top-scoring thing alone takes a lot of the fun away from the head-to-head. The head-to-head matchups is what... That's fair. Is so entertaining because you're going against your boy and then you have all week to talk trash and then on Sunday you're texting him and you're like, I'm taking you down, bro. That's like the exciting part of fantasy football. That's what makes it so much fun. So if you take that away, I think you're risking some of the entertainment value. There you go. Well, uh, he also asked, Franchise, I love finding hidden music gems to share with my friends, but as... Much as like your music takes, I haven't found a band. As much as he likes your music takes, I haven't found a band you suggested that I really click with. Do you know any under the radar bands that are primarily rock driven? I'm always impressed by musicians who do a lot with their instruments. Under the radar bands that are rock driven, I feel like I've mentioned a lot of those. Uh, check out Dan Auerbach's side project. Uh, Oh, what's it called? The Arcs. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's like a bluesy rock band. Yeah, I talked about Dan Auerbach on last week's episode. It's a great suggestion there. I think that's kind of exactly what he's looking for. He also asks me, as much as I love beer, and I would probably be considered kind of weak because I can't really handle the stronger, hoppier, dark beers and IPAs. Don't worry, that's all good. Do you have any (laughs) unique light beers you could recommend? Preferably one I could get on the East Coast. Uh, Mama's Little Yellow Pills. Uh, which is, I've talked about Dale's Pale Ale. I think that was the first beer I ever talked about on this podcast. Uh, they're also brewed by Oscar Brewing Company. That's a good light pilsner to drink that you can, you know, especially outside sort of drinking weather, uh, right up your alley there. I think that could be one that you could you could get into. Just generally look for pilsners uh, if this that's what you're into. There you go. Or wit, wit beers. Yes, indeed. Those are light. Uh, he says, thanks for hearing me out. Love the show. Can't wait for more. Cool. Thanks for the question. Uh, Brandon Hertz asks us, Hey, hipsters, I've got the number one pick in a redraft league. I'm trying to decide between Bell and Johnson. Does the fact that Bell has a handcuff that could step in and be a low-end RB1, that being James Conner, make him uh, have an edge over Johnson? Is the security having handcuffed the number one pick important to you? Nope, not to me. Not to me. We talked about this a little bit on last week's episode where we broke down our mock draft, and I took David Johnson over Bell at number one overall. Um, But if you're... Picking number one overall, the last thing you should be thinking about is the guy's handcuff. Yeah, like if you're if you're making contingency plans for your number one pick, that that's not good to yeah. start. Also, <laughs> I'm generally not into the, the strategy of handcuffing in general. There you go. Yeah. We think that James Conner is a handcuff right now, but what if you know what if they don't trust him? Whatever, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, next question comes in from Scott Wilson. While I have you, while I have you, while you, while I have you guys. <laughs> I have a couple of fantasy questions for you. Hmm. Yeah, I must have cut this off from the big part of the email. Do you guys? Th- oh, right. He was the one who emailed us. Oh my God, this is good audio. He was the one who emailed us about the about some Australian beers. He was following up, so he actually asked a question here. He says, "Do you guys have anyone you think will have a big regression on last year? What are your predictions on Matt Ryan this year, and do you think he can repeat?" Also, are you guys going to be running a Fantasy Hipsters fan league at all this season? I would love to be involved. Thanks again for what you do. Keep up the good work. Cheers. Uh, when we talked about Fantasy Hipsters League, that's something we could definitely look into. Yep. In terms of regression players, I would say I'll give you a running back and a wide receiver. One, and this is not, and I like both of these players a lot, but especially this wide receiver, Mike Evans. Um, I love Mike Evans, but it would not be surprising to me if he's not a top five wide receiver last year, only because... They brought in Deshaun Jackson. They brought in O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and 
his early part of his season looks a lot like the DeAndre Hopkins 2015 effect where when the defense got better, the Bucs started winning games down the stretch. He wasn't, you know, pummeled with volume. Uh, it's not that I think Mike Evans is bad at all. Um, I just think it wouldn't be surprising if he doesn't get the requisite target volume to be a top-end fantasy receiver. Um, and then a running back would be Jordan Howard for me, mostly just because he plays on a bad offense. From an efficiency standpoint, his rookie year looks a lot like Todd Gurley's rookie year. And we saw, essentially, the defense of, well, he did it last year on a bad offense, be used for Gurley all the time. That didn't work out. Wouldn't surprise me at all if the same thing happens to Jordan Howard. There you go. I'm going to do one wide receiver. I think Brandon Cooks might take a step back. He was a top 10 wide out last year. Now he's in New England. Uh, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. People are kind of regarding him as an early round guy, but I don't know if he's going to be incorporated every week there. Uh, I just don't see him getting eight touchdowns and 1,100 yards in New England. I mean, I'm sure he'll be a top 15, top 20 guy, but I don't think he's going to crack the top 10. So keep an eye on Brandon Cooks. And in terms of running backs, I feel like Melvin Gordon, there's a lot out there on how Melvin Gordon didn't play as good as his fantasy stats say he did last year. He had those 10 rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. Um, He kind of became the workhorse. He did not have 1,000 yards in 13 games. Um, His yards yards per carry Twitter will come come and tell you that he's not efficient. Uh, they've made some changes on the offensive line, but I think he might take a step back in terms of his overall touchdown total because 12 is quite a bit there. Hmm, I disagree with you on Melvin Gordon, but that's a conversation for another day. Sad. <laughs> Very unfair. Uh, Noah Schultz uh, emails us. He says, hey, hipsters, great podcast. Enjoying the two episodes a week. Hey, we're enjoying it too. I'm trying to get my lead together this summer for a bags tournament to decide the order of our draft. But people are being jabronis. Great word. Love the <laughs> jabronis. word. Jabronis. And not letting everyone know what weekends work best for them. What are some ways to pick the draft order where we all don't have to be in the same place at the same time? For our league, instead of having a draft in the designated spot, you get to choose what draft pick you would like. So whoever... Uh, would be number one, would have to decide where they'd like to draft, two gets next choice, and so on. Thanks. Got any creative ways for them to decide what they could do? I mean, sure sounds like you all need to be in in one spot if you're all deciding where you want to draft. Well... Because I would say draw names out of a hat, but that's not going to work for this... Right, that's not very. It's also not very like, uh, well, you know, clever. I like the idea of a bag. You're not it. clever. Well, I'm sorry. You I mean whatever? Uh, you, it's it's. I like the idea of like sort of a, a tournament. You could also do um, some sort of trivia. I like getting an ind- independent arbiter to come up with a trivia question. Um, you know, maybe some sort of thing like that. Um, I don't know. That's a tough. That's a tough call to to get to get something where you're you're picking uh, the draft, so how you're going to end up doing your draft order, some sort of competition if you're not all in the same place. Um, I would just tell your friends to stop being jabronis, and if this is important to them, get to it. Yeah, or have like some kind of crazy Madden tournament or something where you play each other online. Yeah, any sort of online gaming could could be fun. That might be good because you're all you can all be in one spot on the game, but you're all in different places in the country. Yeah. It, very, very much levels. Um, next question comes in from Ryan Meager. Uh, love the pod, guys. Great information. Need to keep two. Devonta Freeman, 12th round. Jordan Howard in 12th round. Julio Jones, third round. Zeke Elliott, first round. Mm, woo. Damn, dude. Yeah, This is pretty easy for me. Uh, Freeman in the 12th and Jones in the third. 
I know Jordan Howard in the 12th is tempting, and that's probably the right inf- right thing, but, I mean, Julio Jones at a two-round discount, I mean, he's just I, he's the yeah, same player of the year. Those are the best values. I, I, I'll, I'll agree. Jordan Howard, we don't know what the Bears' offense is going to look like, and Zeke, you're not getting any, any value in the first round there, so... I like it. Uh, next question comes in from Zachary Brown. Greetings, franchise and Harmon. Love the coffee podcast, but I feel further coffee enlightenment is needed. You guys, like me, love a full-bodied po- cup, and the French press allows all those coffee oils to pour in. You taste all the nuances and flavors. However, the drawback is the sediment and lack of a clean finish. True. A pour-over with the paper filter is not the answer. Sorry, James Coe. As a lover of coffee, I'm just trying to be honest. The paper filter gives you that clean cup but removes everything we love about coffee. The answer, a metal filter. The cone metal filter takes the pour-over to hipster level, combines the French press and the pour-over together. It's a stainless steel reusable, no trees, uh, get killed, filter which allows for more oils and a fuller bodied cup of coffee than paper it also keeps out the sediment giving you a clean finish check it out and he sent us a link thanks for your time can't wait for the next fantasy episodes podcast i've heard that like if you brew a cup of coffee you're not supposed to stir your uh, half and half in with a spoon like a metal spoon because it mm. something about the metallicness what comes off in the coffee so you're supposed to use a wooden utensil to do that because it's not the same effect and we also discussed with with james co that whole metal flavor you get out of the french press right right so i feel like this would hinder that well only one way to find out we'll have to try to get one we liked the clean of the uh paper yeah well Maybe another coffee know. test taste is Maybe needed. we do have to do another taste test. This is intriguing. We shall see. All right. I think this might be our last question. Comes in from Chris Allen. Put your skates on and roll with me a minute, hipsters. Cool. What's the best unhealthy thing you've eaten? Mine is my own take on the Luther. He attached a picture. Double bacon cheeseburger with extra cheese, mayo, and ketchup. I was 26 at the time. Hashtag no regrets. After I turned 30, docs told me I needed to get healthy, so I switched up my habits and added a workout routine. A couple years later, started doing more. I started doing some mud races, another picture attached, 5Ks and other events. Much happier with myself now, so laugh with me about my wonderful creation. But with a hectic schedule, what do you guys do for quick and clean meals? Done meal preps at the start of the week, snack more on small foods, veggies, almonds, etc. throughout the day, but wanted your takes. Always love the combo. Keep grinding. Peace. So what's the best unhealthy thing you've ever eaten? Oh, that's a tough one. Probably some kind of loaded hot dog at a Dodgers game. Yeah, that's a pretty good. Usually if you go to a ball game or a sporting event and get some kind of greased up burger or hot dog it's just terrible for you but it tastes so good so i mean i just came back from montreal and a big thing in canada is the is poutine poutine uh, which uh, if you guys don't know what poutine is it's french fries they pour cheese curds over it and then they pour gravy on top of it oh it's like a crazy disco fries it's outrageous Ugh, uh, gross. it sounds bad but it's good it tastes really good. Uh, also, like you can get it done like Mexican style with pulled pork, with bacon, blah blah. You can do, you can do all kinds of crazy things. Some of the locals don't like you know people. Quote, I had one girl at a bar tell me like, I don't like people to mess with my poutine. Wow, they're serious about except, it. Except except she said it in a French accent. She's, she's like, I don't. I'm not, I'm <laughs> That's <not> British. <laughs> I don't want people. I don't like people messing oh, with my poutine. I'm not messing yeah, with yeah, my poutine. Yeah, so, uh, so there's... I can only do it in a man's voice. Though. Right. <laughs> I don't like people mess with my poutine. Uh, <laughs> That's not French either. 
<laughs> anyways, so she said, so that some of them are, but anyways, I ate a lot of that in Montreal. Sounds good. And it I was mean, good. We ate some curds. late night Oof. too. It was, it was aggressive. So that's one. Uh, shout out to Glory Days back home. They have a cheese fries plate, which is fries covered in cheese. You oh, dip yeah. it in ranch. The only good, like one of the few good ranches out there is the ranch they have, and it's covered in bacon and caramelized onions too. So nice. That's a, I, believe me. I've eaten the unhealthy foods, as as some of the listeners know. I used to be over three hundred pounds. So, have you ever done like a a late night weekend session to a White Castle White Castle before? Yes, because that is just out of control. Probably the worst thing you could do to your body. Yep, that's one. A late night trip to a place. More our southern listeners will know this cookout. Uh, it's like a twenty four. Well, the one at least in. And Lynchburg, I think, was open till 3 a.m. Oh or 2 a.m. or something like that. And um, it you could get like a tray, which is essentially like, I think you pay like 4 to $6 or something like that. And you get a burger, fries, and then you get to add... Well, you get, you get like one main thing, like you can get a burger, and then you can also add two sides. And the sides are like french fries or they can be like a chicken wrap and a quesadilla <laughs> that's or like i think a hot dog is even a side too so it's like all right cook out it's give like you the option yeah and it's like yeah. six bucks and you go like late super late night and you just jam all that in your gullet and then die yeah <laughs> but on to the healthy point of chris's question <laughs> uh what do you do for like quick uh and clean meals uh for me meal prepping is pretty key. Yeah, for sure. Not even just necessarily the meal prepping, but just like ha- having things. Re- like right now, I've actually got the slow cooker going with uh, a bunch of chicken thighs in it that, you know, after it's, switch is great. Like if you don't use, it's a crock pot slow cooker. So I just threw the thighs in there, threw the the, the salsa marinade that I use over it, uh, flap that thing in there six hours. You can leave it all day until it's done. Uh, and then just pull it apart and have to eat throughout the week. That's probably the best way for me. Um, a quick, like, super easy, healthy snack is, like, an all-brown rice rice cake uh, with, like, almond butter on it. That's an easy one. Yeah. Uh, that, I love quick. I love brown rice, like, regular brown rice and some chicken or whatever. Uh, throw some asparagus or broccolini is one of my favorite veggies that you can just roast real quick in the oven. Uh, and protein shakes, man. Get, protein some, shakes get some protein powder and just throw it in a blender. Make, make two at a time. Make a big batch. And keep one in the fridge, drink one in the morning for breakfast, and then when you get a hankering around lunchtime or like between lunch and dinner, have your other one. It'll hold you over until uh, dinner. I love it. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a good set of questions. You know, I love to always talk about healthy lifestyle stuff. Uh, you know, this, was the, this week was the one-year anniversary of me publishing my weight loss piece. I tweeted about it this week. So nice. I, anytime anybody wants to talk about that, please hit me up. It's something I'm very passionate about talking about. But... Um, <laughs> Chuck's passionate about it, too. Clearly, he's passionate about the subject as well. Uh, But that's all the time we have today for our Male Satchel episode. Uh, A lot of really good questions on this one. Uh, Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Email the show, fantasyhipsters at gmail.com, or tweet us at fantasyhipsters. Uh, We love hearing from you guys. You guys are really good about uh, asking us some some incredible questions. Uh, But that is all we have for today. So, of course, you want to continue to... Follow the show, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Like I said, tweet at us at, at FantasyHipsters. Email us, FantasyHipsters at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow my co-host here, the beautiful 
Matt Franciscovich. I am. At Matt Franchise on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. You can also follow us on Instagram at those same uh, handles. I, I'm trying to grow my Instagram. Let's pump the Instagram. Yeah. Follow, if you don't have an Instagram account, get it together, get one, and I've follow us like on there. I've got like 250 people that follow me on there. I, I need some help. Yeah, I've got like 800 or something. Oh, like cool. That. Cool humble, humble brag. We were cool. just talking about it. I know. Oh, you're so sensitive. Uh, anyways, follow my sensitive co-host on Instagram so he feels better about himself. Um, anyways, uh, anything coming up this week that you want to plug? I got the Anunwa piece on Number Fire. Uh, I went to that Rubble Bucket show last night. There's some videos in my live story there, so check those out. That was awesome. That was my music recommendation from earlier in the week. Um, but I think that's it for me for plugs. Yeah, what my do you got? my one would be receptionperception.com. Buy the ultimate draft kit. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I was writing some of these profiles up on the plane ride back from Montreal. I don't know how you did that. I can't work on a plane. It's it was terrible. It was fun. Uh, I had a good. I guess it, I don't know. If it was fun, but fun might not be the right word. But <laughs> I'm really excited to share all this data with people. It's been a long off season of work, and this is more info than I've ever given out. It's going to be awesome. People are going to hopefully really like it so uh, sweet looking forward to that go buy it at receptionperception.com so that i get the credit for the purchase and i can let charlie know that we're going to have food on the table still there you go (laughs) all right and uh, i think that's it for us so hipsters out hipsters out Welcome to the 16th episode of the Fantasy Hipsters Podcast. You're listening to Matt Franchise and my buddy Matt Harmon. What's going on? Really excited to talk today on the show about the firing of James Comey and the sharing of uh, international classified information with the Russians. Hmm. What are your takes? (laughs) Uh, When are the bombs going to drop? Because we should uh, find shelter soon. Because we're going to be attacked. We uh, We should have a... A fantasy hipsters shelter podcast. We're broadcasting from the bomb. Shelter. We should do that. What would we? What would we have in there? Like uh, bomb uh, shelters. We could homebrew our own beer. Bomb shelters presented by Do Champs Grooming. <laughs> <laughs> Look good while hiding from bombs. Compound. Uh, the compound's uh, official wardrobe is knitted together by Flag and Anthem. <laughs> Need to need to slip through a tight crawl space? Lube yourself up with some hair wax. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I we should ask uh, we should ask Matt if the stuff is extra flammable or not. Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. In case we know, we need to do any. He should have all the answers because he's the chemist. He is a chemist. See, he's good to have in the shelter. We need a chemist. <laughs> Correct. I can grow some stuff. He can, like, chisel some powder off the wall and, like, turn it into, like, food for the next year or something. So if he can, uh, if he's the chemist, yeah. I'm obviously growing some, harvesting some crops. What are you doing that's useful? <laughs> uh, planning our future mission. Yeah, well, based on your rundowns, that's not going to go too well. Hey! <laughs> GFY, bro. (laughs) 